brother. Have we started the fire? Yes. The fire rises. Ooh, welcome, citizens of Gotham, to another TFR bonus episode and we are here once again to talk about the most recent episode of Titans and I am joined again by my good pal Joe Fornerado. Joseph, I am so glad that I recorded that little disclaimer on the last bonus episode. Yeah, when I saw that when I when I first came on uh, HBO Max yesterday, I was like, oh, good. that was that worked out. So Thank you for having me back on again. These bonus episodes have become almost our main show at this point. Uh, but well, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, this is the this is the most fun thing to me going on in in the in the Batman world right now because this is I mean this the season continues to be very Batman heavy. Yeah, and, and this has become appointment viewing for me. I you know yesterday I woke up early and and made sure to watch this first thing in the morning before uh, you know I had to do some stuff with the kids and everything. And I, I, it's just, yeah, it's, it's been week to week, just a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this week we are, we are here to talk about, of course, season three of Titans episode five titled as we were corrected Lazarus. So uh, Joe, just just quick thoughts. What did you think about episode five? Um, it's one of those episodes that we came to know that Titans would do early in their, you know, their first two seasons with the, you know, changing things up a little bit as far as the timeline and, and going back and explaining some different things. And I, I think it was another great episode. I think it was, you know, we're still reeling from episode three a little bit and four, we, we both agreed was kind of a, a little bit of a letdown after three even though we still enjoyed it, this one really just went a different direction. And I think it's, it's up there with episode three. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I've seen, I've actually seen a few people on Twitter um, that think this is the best episode of the series. I don't know if I put it quite above episode three, but that's not, that's not to take away anything from episode five because it is a fantastic episode. Um, But before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and read the uh, uh, synopsis. So, Season 3, Episode 5, Lazarus. Three months before freeing Crane, Jason experiences nightmares involving Donna. Bruce responds by having Jason receive therapy sessions from Dr. Leslie Tompkins, a former colleague of Crane. 
When Jason learns that Bruce intends to remove him as Robin, he begins helping Crane in exchange for a drug that will eliminate his fear. After Crane manipulates Jason into being killed by the Joker, he has Jason resurrected through a Lazarus pit in Gotham and creates a toxin to control him as Red Hood. Jason uses his new identity to help his friend Molly Jensen rescue missing orphan children, despite Molly recognizing his personality change. In the present, Crane tells Jason of his plan to take over Gotham by engulfing the city in fear that only they can control. So, yeah, um, as you were saying before we went into the synopsis there, this is very much a early Titans, I guess, trope where they get you a few episodes into the season and then they kind of uh, go into nonlinear storytelling. So we go back and we learn a lot more about what's going on with Jason and Crane. And I think a lot of the speculation that we had in the beginning is kind of coming true. We're seeing that Crane is very involved in, in all this Jason Todd storytelling. Um, so what do you, what do you think Joe about this, uh, this revelation, I guess, of, of everything that's gone on so far with Jason and Crane. Well, yeah, like you said, they they plant the seeds in the first few episodes, and then they kind of go back and show you why everyone is in the state that they're in, kind of like what they did with the Aqualad episode in season two. Um, with this, it was, yeah, it was kind of what we suspected, but I don't think it was... For for myself, anyway, it wasn't the extent that I expected. Like, it, it really is kind of like... Yes, Jason went to Crane, but Crane is kind of the one. I mean, is he the mastermind of what is going on right now with Jason between the the resurrection and the plan of, you know, releasing Red Hood on Gotham? It seems like that is kind of Crane's thing right now. Mm-hmm. But I do. I do really like what's happening. I, I I said in the beginning I wouldn't necessarily want Crane to be the mastermind, but the way that this is kind of unfolding makes it very interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. And and I think it's so fascinating that the way they're using fear because it's not like it's not a traditional way that Scarecrow uses fear because he's he's created a substance and a compound here that eliminates fear. But I love that uh, Jason's whole motivation was after the events of season two, he is literally terrified. Um, I really like I really like that opening scene where he's just come he's just walking into Wade Manor in the Robin suit and he's just he's freaking out and he has this vision of Donna, which I thought was a really cool way to. To remind you, hey, Donna's still around through his, you know, his terror of what happened at the end of season two. Yes, and on top of that, I also want to mention before I forget, they mentioned Rose in this episode too, finally. So yeah, I, yeah, they they're do. not, I don't think they're going to build on that too much, but at least they're not completely abandoning that character. Like, they're acknowledging that that was a significant part of San Francisco for Jason. Um, I also, yeah, I just love that they're building off of the trauma from season two. They're making sure that they, they knew they wanted to do the red hood story, but they didn't just, they didn't just say, okay, let's just, let's do the red hood story and we'll try to just do it like the comics and everyone will just kind of go with it. No, they're giving us valid reasons for why this arc is happening. If you want to call it an arc, it's almost like a reversal arc, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's they're 
they're giving you reasons to buy into why this downfall has has come into Jason. And I think it works really well that way because we saw all that stuff. So this is the advantage of the long form storytelling of the show is you got to see everything that happened to Jason while he was Robin to make him have these thoughts and why he is the way he is when he becomes Red Hood. And I'll, I'd argue that it's almost done better than the comics because you don't see a lot of Jason as Robin in the comics and just, just, and there, you don't see a lot of Jason as Robin in the comics period, but also you don't see a lot of motivation as to why this would happen other than the fact that, you know, Joker kills him and he's not um, avenged. That's really the main, would you agree? That's pretty much the, the main reason for Red Hood in the comics on a surface level. Yeah, on the surface, I, I think so. Um, but I, I will say, I mean, with with Jason Todd, everything outside of him actually being Robin makes Jason much more interesting to me because he just wasn't. Nobody, nobody obviously cared for him as Robin in his Robin run in the comics because everybody voted for him to die. So um, everything, everything that we've gotten since he died in the comics has made Jason Todd just much more of a fascinating character. And I think they continue it here in Titans because this is very interesting storytelling to me. Um, I like how conflicted this Jason Todd is and current and to his credit, Curran Walters, I think he's knocking it out of the park this season. I think this is the best he's been as Jason Todd. I agree. And also to the point of, you know, the journey of him this this Jason Todd as Robin in the first two seasons of Titans has been more interesting to me than any other type of Jason Todd Robin story in the comics at all this is this has really brought way more attention to Jason pre-Red Hood than ever and I Mm -hmm. and that's what I think is making his turn to Red Hood so good because we've we followed him for the last two seasons and seen why he's the way he is. I mean, they did a great job of making him, you know, this little pain in the ass character in the first two seasons, but he was still had those moments of, you had those moments of empathy towards him. Yeah, for sure. And to be clear, I mean, just the way that, that Hank really found this bond with Jason, he is a, he is a little pain in the ass, like you said, but there's something endearing about him that makes him, that makes you like him, uh, even though he is, you know, the way he is. And, you know, knowing what he's done in this season, it's so strange because I love watching him on screen, even though I hate what he's done to the Titans. And it, I don't know, there's a conflict in me too now where I'm so curious where they're going to go with Jason's story by the end of the season because we just talked a few episodes ago about how he's not, you can't redeem him now. But they in this episode, with the whole situation with his friend, um, I just said her name, uh, Molly. Molly. With, with his friend Molly, you know, that relationship there and what he's trying to do to help her, uh, and he was still Robin at the time, it, it really makes you kind of maybe a little empathetic with Jason. Yeah, it toes that line. They do a really good job of showing that he's doing this for his own reasons. He's not just being a villain to be a villain. I think 
but that's where the conflict comes in because you can understand that, but to go after Dick because he blames Dick and then to kill Hank, that's where it's like, no, that's not okay. So that's the inner conflict of Jason where he goes too far and then he does something that you're like, well, that makes sense. Why couldn't you just stick with that? And I think that's what's going to be really interesting, like you said, to, to see where they take this for the rest of the season because, you know, two episodes ago, I would have said, no, you're not redeeming him. He needs to die. But mm-hmm. now you see all this and it's like, oh, like, I'm really curious how they're going to do it. Because I've always said, I think I've said it on the show, I always thought his redeeming factor in the comics was a little out of nowhere. And he wasn't even this bad in the comics. Like, he didn't kill one of the Bat family in the comics. Um, well, he hasn't know, here either. He just killed one of the Titans. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. We're like, he, killed <laughs> the he just killed the Titan. No big deal. But... Um, <laughs> So almost everyone's favorite Titans. (laughs) Yeah. So that's where it's tough because like, I don't think he's going to join the team at the end of the season, but does there come a play where he just kind of goes off on his own and, you know, he's just left to his own devices at the end of the season. And I think that would be really interesting. And like, I don't want to speculate because I want to just enjoy the ride, but well, and and there and this is a tangent, but there there are rumors and rumblings of of a Red Hood spinoff series. Yeah, there's been rumors of that for I think a year or two. Like even like when they first found out that like this was going to be the main story for this season, or even just because everyone loved Jason as Robin. Mm-hmm. And even like uh, Curran Walters in a recent interview, he he was asked about the possibility, and he played really you know he did the actor thing and played really coy about it. Um, but said, of course, that he would love to do it. So I'm I'm very interested in where they're going to go because are they going to make are they going to make me by the end of this season uh, engaged enough to want to see his own story outside of the Titans, knowing that he killed Hank? But we'll see. That's uh, we've we've talked quite a bit about about that. But uh, some of the other performances in this episode, I do want to talk about Ian Glenn as Bruce Wayne because. Every time we see Ian Glenn as Bruce Wayne, a little bit it, it feels like a little bit more of the skepticism gets chiseled away. Because Bruce in this episode, in my opinion, was fantastic. Um, I love the little setup of of why he is the way he is earlier in the season when you see him in these flashbacks here. Yeah, I, I completely agree because when you watch the first episode. You're you're kind of mad at Bruce in the first episode because he's so dismissive of Jason's death. Like like Dick is even pointing out, you know, he's treating him just like a dismissive shoulder. Like it just it's meaningless. He's just looking to replace him already. But then you watch this episode, and it's informing you why he's acting that way in episode one. It's literally an act. He just ha- he can't handle the fact that Jason's dead, so he's mm-hmm. treating it like it didn't happen almost or like he had no attachment to Jason. But when you watch this episode, I completely agree. His, his performance as Bruce in this episode is heartbreaking. The, the, the conversation that they have in crime alley is some of the best Bruce Wayne. Um, I'll just say in general, I mean, Robin Bruce Wayne stuff. I mean, we haven't gotten a lot of that in live action period, but some of the best uh, Bruce Wayne Robin conversations that we've gotten in any type of media for 
for Batman and Robin. It, it was just such a great conversation. And, and you really see that, that Bruce is worried. He's genuinely worried about Jason. And Jason is so damaged that he just doesn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's fascinating to me that um, the the father son relationship here because uh, it's really it, it really makes that dynamic between the two so much more personal because like you said Bruce is so worried about Jason and I think he comes to a point where he realizes that Robin is actually bad for Jason. Um, because he tries to, you know, he tries to ease him out of being Robin. And I think one of the best moments of the episode, and I'm paraphrasing, but when they were in Crime Alley and he told him, you don't have to be Robin to be my son. That was, that was a big impactful statement from Bruce. Definitely. And, and just the fact that he says, I don't want to, he says something about mistakes. He says, um, He's talking about Dick and he says, I, I want to learn from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. And Jason says, so now I'm a mistake. And clearly he's obviously like, that's not like, that's literally the opposite of what he was saying. He's calling, he's saying, you're not a mistake. He wants to learn from his past mistake, which is Dick. But Jason is just so afraid that he's going to lose being Robin, that he's just blinded by everything. And he's not listening to Bruce. And you could see Bruce like just getting, so upset throughout that whole conversation because he knows he's losing Jason in that conversation. And it's just, yeah. Well, and he knows, um, I think it's such a weird dynamic because in the comics, we've, anytime you've ever seen Batman or Bruce Wayne reacting to the death of, of Jason, it tells you that there was a lot more there than, than just on the surface level what you see. Because he absolutely, in the comics, he absolutely snapped for a while after Jason died. I mean, he became yeah. more brutal, things like that. And and you see in, in Titans, they've kind of taken a different approach where Bruce becomes more detached after Jason's death. And in this episode, in the flashbacks, I love that you see that, yeah, Bruce Wayne absolutely loved Jason Todd as a son. And it explains why he went off the deep end like he did in um, in the first episode where you know he, he went off and, and murdered the Joker. And you, you got to think about it as like a as as a real father situation. Uh, it, just take yourself out of the comic book genre and what you think of Bruce Wayne, what you think Batman should be. Think about what a father would actually do in that situation. And I think that's where they're going with Bruce Wayne in this show. I don't know if that does that make sense. Oh, absolutely. Because, and I think just to build on that, also one thing I've always thought was. In the comics, like you said, like after Jason's death, they started touching on Bruce's reactions to his death and how he got brutal and all that. Well, in this show, they they actually address like I don't think they ever addressed. Well, I guess they they addressed it a little bit in the comics about how Jason was was kind of going a little too far in certain instances and stuff before he died in the comics. But like here you're seeing Bruce really really try to deal with it um and get you know in front of it and it's like a he blames himself for jason's death here because he didn't get in front of it enough where he really did try to stop this and Mm -hmm. 
he probably feels like he didn't do enough to stop it. And yeah, like if you're a parent and you feel like this person who's been doing nothing but destroying your family since day one, I mean, then he goes and kills your son. Well, yeah, you're going to probably do something horrible to that person. Like, that's just, like you said, take the comic book aspect out of it. The fact mm-hmm. that people can watch a show like this or, or read a comic and not think to even understand that Bruce would do this and they want to play the, oh, no, Bruce would never do that. He's better than that. You know what? I I have no problem with any parent not being better than that. So like you, like you always say, we take it as an Elseworlds story. I think it makes for a more interesting dynamic to do something like this where we've never seen this before, but we've all discussed it. We've all had those conversations of why hasn't Batman just killed Joker? Yeah, for sure. And one of the ways that Bruce is really trying to help Jason, which I, I really enjoy just as a Batman fan, I love that he recruits the help of Dr. Leslie Tompkins because that is such, that's such a Batman thing to do. Um, and, and Krista Bridges here in this episode, I thought she was amazing as Leslie Tompkins. And I really like that in this world, they've made Leslie Tompkins a psychologist. So w- yeah, what did you think of this of this performance and, and how they used Dr. Yeah, I think, Tompkins? I think making her a psychologist in, in this world makes so much sense. Because, and especially, it just fits this story so well because they are dealing with the fear aspect and the psychological issues that these characters might have. Um, the one thing I found very interesting was I was watching this episode with my wife and I was talking to her about Leslie Tompkins and I'm like, do you know anything about Leslie Tompkins? She's like, no, who is that? I'm like, oh, geez. Like I told, it never even occurred to me. Leslie Tompkins has never been in live action. No, other than Gotham. Yeah. Other than Gotham. Nobody ever counts that anyway. So (laughs) So, (laughs) that's, that's less uh, comics accurate than this, where she's a psychologist. So I just, I find that so, I guess, rewarding at this point, too, that, you know, finally we get to seeing a really interesting, uh, you know, adaptation of Leslie Tompkins because she is so important to Bruce Wayne as a character. I think making her a psychologist in this world is so, so smart and having her really know the, you know, the ins and outs of Bruce's life and really trying to help Jason here. and it's a shame that Jason misconstrues the situation and believes that, you know, he was being lied to again, that, that plays into the fear where he's just paranoid that everyone is just kind of out to get him at this point. And it stinks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, uh, the, the events of the finale of season two just are, are weighing on him so heavily that he's, he just, he's untrustful of anyone. And and then that even cause it, it almost seems like he started to really, have a relationship with Dr. Tompkins and, and she was making a breakthrough with him. And then it just, the conversation with Bruce just shattered it, which yeah, is unfortunate it, because Bruce wasn't trying to do that. But as things go in Bruce Wayne's life, that's, that's what happened. Yeah. He, he made a, he made a judgment based on what he knew was going on for himself. And unfortunately it just, it just didn't work at the time because Jason, you know, he, he the paranoia took over and, and he was worried that they both were were in this together to shut him down. And 
I actually feared for Leslie to an extent. I was like, oh no, like I really don't, they don't go that far with Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, now another performance, uh, uh, Vincent Carthaser as, as Crane in this episode, uh, this is the most we've seen of him so far, I think. And yeah, um, I, I really like this. I didn't know if I wanted Crane to be the the mastermind pulling all the strings, but the way they've wove the tale here of Jason wanting to conquer fear and wanting to be without fear and going to Crane in Arkham Asylum and saying, "I, you know, I want you to help me overcome fear." I think is such an interesting. Uh, take on it and and obviously he's so damaged that crane takes this opportunity you know he he uh, he's completely using jason that's the way i see it anyway and uh crane here when when the arkham escape happens or no it's it, is it even an escape they're under arkham correct um when uh when the lazarus pit or with um or when Crane is talking to Jason. Yeah, when they're just talking and they come up with the with, when he tells him how to come up with the formula, which they th- he comes up with the formula just sitting in his jail cell. But yeah. um, after that, they're it seems like they're in the basement of of yeah. Arkham when they're just talking yeah, to each says, other. He says it's like the only place to get any privacy in Arkham or something. Yeah, some, some little throwaway line where, but yeah, it's and this goes to what we spoke about in the last episode where I said, I don't see this crane being, you know, a mass murderer or whatever. And no, he is now like they, they showed that side of him in this episode, which I, mm-hmm. I really did like this episode. And I don't know about you. Every time I look at this guy, I see Adam Duritz from counting crows. I can't help it. I don't know why I, 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 I get that look. <laughs> I don't, I don't have what he looks like readily. Uh, available in my mind, so I don't know. But um, I will say there was a scene in this episode where um, Crane plays some music on an old record player, and obviously we we have Pothead Crane here in this yeah. show, and he and he starts this weird dance with his limbs and stuff. And and, and you and I were texting about this um, yesterday when the episode came out. The way he's moving just reminds me of uh, the first episode we saw Scarecrow in uh, Batman the Animated Series, just the really loose-looking limbs and stuff like that. And it just really cemented to me, okay, yeah, this guy is Scarecrow. Yeah, well, at first when it happened, I was like, this is really out there. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, this is exactly Batman the Animated Series. Because I was like, oh my god, like he does move that like weird like you said, the limbs and stuff are loose and I don't know. It's just, it was so awkward. And so just, I keep going bonkers. <laughs> like it's just so weird, but it worked because he has to be a little out there to be obsessed with this drug inducing. I mean, the fear inducing drug. And like, I, I love this interpretation. It's a different interpretation. I think the weird part is that he's not this, you know, lanky guy. But I think mm-hmm. that makes it almost work even better that he's not because it's just different. Well, I think it's kind of deceiving, too, because, I mean, he is in this huge baggy uh, Arkham prison uniform. Mm-hmm. So, And that's that's what made me think I really would love to see him move like that in the actual Scarecrow costume. I don't know if we're going to see it or not, but that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, 
Yeah, the, now this part of the episode is the only kind of nitpick I have of this episode uh, because it's strange to me, and I know you you got to just kind of chalk it up to comic books, but it's strange to me that Jason Todd can just walk into Arkham Asylum and go speak to um, a maximum security inmate. And not only that, but have this little one-on-one meeting with him in the bowels of Arkham. It's You kind of just got to go with it, but for me, that's a little nitpick. Pick. It's like, uh, okay, well, I guess we just got to go with that. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me until you just said it. And it is a valid nitpick. I just, I go with so much stuff that it didn't even occur to me. <laughs> but yeah, like you shouldn't be able to just go in there and start walking around and talking to people. But who knows? He might have just snuck in. Well, he walked right in the front gate as a cop was leaving. It's, <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess they probably figure who the hell would walk into Argo. So if you, if you deserve, if you want to come in here, you deserve what you get. I, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but um, yeah, we we now know that that uh, Jonathan Crane has 100% come up with this compound to basically eliminate fear, and that's what that's what we see Jason use in episode one. That's what leads him to go after Joker. He's uh, he's without this fear, and it it gets him killed, which seems to be what Crane's plan was. Don't you think? Yeah, I I don't know if his, like, was his plan to have him killed and resurrected? It's so weird. It, 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 it is. It's hard to explain. Because they were very, like, Jason didn't know he was going to get resurrected. They took his body to the pit. So mm-hmm. it did seem like that was the plan all along, or was that the backup plan? But they seemed pretty ready to do all that. And I, I do really enjoy that aspect of it is that cream was like, Oh, let's, let's test this out. If he's, if this fear gas or anti fear gas makes him, you know, ballsy enough to go after the Joker, he's going to die. So let's, you know, test this out and and see what we can do with this guy. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah, the the Lazarus Pit was a great touch. I'm glad that they actually they used that in the show. Um, because I personally like the Lazarus Pit uh, option of bringing Jason back a lot more than Superboy punching the source wall and all that goofiness. Uh, so uh, that's I think that's something I like about uh, the under under the Red Hood animated film more than I do about the comics. So I don't uh, I don't know your feelings on that, but I thought it was really smart of them to to have a Lazarus pit in Gotham that Bruce doesn't know about, which is a little strange uh, that Bruce doesn't know about it, but Scarecrow does. And yeah, um, it's just a it's a convenient way to further the story. It, it is what yeah it is for sure. I'm just glad we got the Lazarus pit, and I agree uh, with you. I, I didn't even know the whole Superboy Prime thing for years. Um, I always just assumed it was a Lazarus pit. Never even knew that that was made for the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, so the the use of the Lazarus pit, like I said, I I really enjoy that. And um, I I think uh, that's that's basically where we lead into the end of the episode when when we find out that Crane is telling Jason that his plan is to take over Gotham. Um, and engulf the city in fear, which we knew it was going to get there eventually. And I and I'm hoping that this is going to lead to us seeing the fully realized Scarecrow. I think it has to. I, I you think would, it you would think, point, right? Like, 
you know, I said that earlier was I, I really expected Crane to kind of just be dispatched early mm-hmm. because they didn't want to go full Scarecrow. But at this point, if he's the mastermind behind all this, the longer he's around, you have to to make him the full on Scarecrow, because if not, what's the point? Yeah, I agree. And and I think I think I see threads of of where this is going to go. Uh, further in this season because I I don't think we've seen the last of Molly either. I think Molly is going to be Jason's anchor into the the you know the other side the good side if you will. Um, because I I just see this playing out as uh, Scarecrow and Red Hood uh, engaging in this you know this engulfing the city in fear. But then you've got Molly and all the people that she's trying to help, the the, the orphan children. I think that's going to tie back into bringing Jason, uh, maybe not to the to the side of good, but in odds with Scarecrow. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Because she definitely does seem to be like the moral compass for Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is a is a nice character to show. Is it she, is she the one that says it, or is Leslie about how Jason is the real person? Uh, you know, I I guess it's Leslie that says it because she knows both sides. Where she says Robin is a ghost, like mm-hmm. Jason is your real person. Yeah, but uh, I think it's I think it's kind of a foreshadow that we see both the good side and the bad side of Jason in this episode. You know, because we see him as Jason Todd um, helping to rescue the orphans and things like that. And then we see the complete opposite with how he went to Crane and just turning completely bad. So I think it, it was very purposeful to show both sides of Jason Todd's conflict in this episode. Because I think it's, both, it's. You actually yeah, see ahead. both in and out of the costume, which is really cool, too. It's not they're not making it obvious where when he's in the costume, he's bad. When he's out of the costume, he's good. You saw both sides to that in both cases, which I thought was really interesting too. Right. Yep. So that's yeah, that's uh, that's episode five in a nutshell. Um, are you how engaged are you, Joe? Are, are you are you still as excited as you were in the first three episodes? Oh yeah, I think each episode has just built on that. Oh, and I got to point out too because I did not expect this. His face when they put him in that pit. I don't know if you noticed it. It is really mashed up. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I noticed when I, they took when they took him out of the body bag. He looked really jacked up. Yeah, they they yeah they didn't shy away from that. It's in the shadows a little bit, but it's pretty brutal. Um, I just came to that part. That's why I was just distracted. Oh by yeah. That. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Before we wrap this up, let's talk about the the Easter eggs real quick because there was a oh, lot yeah. of fun ones in this episode. I mean, you had the Jason's Jason's face and how he looked after the crowbar attack, but when Jason is in the Batcave and he's looking through um, Bruce's trophy case, we get some really cool stuff in there. Uh, we we got the. The Scarface puppet, we have Two-Face's coin. We have a sword that I'm assuming is Ra's al Ghul's. And then, of course, we hit, we get the Scarecrow mask. So I I really – yeah, yeah, and the, the whip and things like that. I, I really enjoyed the little – the Batman Easter eggs they sprinkled all over this episode. 
Yes, and I, I especially love Bruce's touch with Jason earlier in the episode. If if she loves cats, then run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now that's I will say this is this is another, and I know this is an episode where we're flashing back and we're looking at something to build the rest of the story. But this is leaning into a tiny bit of the fear I had coming into this season. It's so Batman heavy. I'm hoping that they're going to give the other Titans time in this season because I mean, so far we, yeah, I mean, we still haven't seen Donna. We still haven't seen Raven. Um, and, and then, you know, in this episode, it's completely devoid of Superboy and Gar and Starfire. So, you know, it's, I understand that Batman is, is the, is the cash cow and Gotham's the cash cow of the DC universe. But I, I do hope that we get, we, we get an adequate amount of time with the rest of the Titans. Yeah, I think it's it's almost a not a a negative, but it's it's kind of a like a product of the situation where the villain is a Batman centric villain. Mm-hmm. So this would be an episode of where you'd get the villain backstory that just happens to be so closely related to Bruce. So I think that's where it really falls in. But yeah, I hope. You know, if the next episode is Lady Vic, I would hope we're getting more Dick stuff. I mean, we didn't even get any Nightwing in this episode. So, no, true, yeah. But unfortunately, that does still fall into the you know the the bad heavy stuff. But yeah, I I I want to get to to see where Raven is. I want to get to see what's going on with Donna and uh, even more Blackfire stuff because we know Blackfire is going to play into this season somehow too. So, I've really, you know, there's. Uh, I guess eight episodes left and that's still a good chunk. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. we're clearly not getting any fillers this season. If we still have so much to go. And if you watch the Barbara Gordon extra, it's like a character um, profile. There Mm -hmm. is a lot of stuff in that little snippet that I'm like, wow, like there's still a lot to come with her character. There's some really interesting stuff in there too, where we might even, I don't know if we're getting some Barbara flashbacks, but there's some interesting stuff. And she also, this is kind of a tangent. I'm sorry. Um, Savannah Welch, I think tweeted or posted on Instagram, some killing joke stuff. I don't know if that's just a hint for maybe not necessarily a flashback, but they're going to hint at that more, or it was just her having fun online. Who knows? But Hmm. there's some really, some really fun stuff to come in this season. There's just, it's funny. We talked about doing these episodes and we're like, Oh, we'll do like 20 minute bonus episodes. And we just <laughs> end up talking about it because it is just each episode is packed. Yeah, it, it is. And, and I still believe so far, this is the best season of Titans that we've, we've had. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it continues at the pace and at the quality that it is. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the rest and obviously next week's hopefully titled lady Vic. <laughs> So, because I, I kind of promised that last week and then I was wrong. So I'm glad again that I recorded that little disclaimer. But it looks like next week is going to be Lady Vic. So we'll be back to talk about whatever episode six is titled. But until then, Joe, um, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as jforn 11 or on Facebook as Joe Forno. And thank you again for having me on for this. No, of course. Absolutely. 
And uh, if you'd like to find myself on social media, you can find my personal accounts on Instagram, Vero, and Twitter at MeCarter89. That's M-E-Carter89. If you'd like to find the show, our uh, social media accounts can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can email us at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. If you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it, and we will read it on the show. And if you visit tpublic.com and search TFR Batpod, you can find our main logo on all kinds of merchandise there, and we'd really appreciate that support. But until next time, uh, for Joe, I'm Eric, and we will see you for Episode 6 of Titan. Finger and Bob Kane. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with AT&T, Warner Brothers, or DC Comics. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants are solely theirs and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening. You're okay. You're safe. Bruce? No, no. There's no Batman here. The Joker. Where am I? Just breathe. Just breathe. Stay calm. You're safe, okay? You're in the only place in Arkham that a fella can get a modicum of privacy. (laughs) What happened to me? Well, long and short, you were dead. I brought you back. You know, you really should be thanking Ra's al Ghul. He left a tiny puddle of mysticism that even your friend Bruce Wayne didn't know about. I was dead. Yeah, yeah, Jason, you were dead. Now it's time to get over that because we have so much work to do. Now, you wanted deliverance from fear. But we conquered man's greatest fear. You beat death. Time for your medication. I cooked you up an extra special dose. Would you think I brought you back just so I could kill you? Come on. It'll make you better. It'll make you better than better. Trust your doctor. Drift away, drift away.